preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome back. This week, a lot to cover. Michael Vick, please guilty. Wow, we knew he was guilty. Well, you know, we live in a country that not till you're proven guilty or you admit you're guilty. <laughs> Are you guilty? Uh, details on the way. Also, I understand Homeland Security wants to speak to us. I think they want to speak to you. You're in trouble. I feel like I've been called into the principal's office. What'd you do? I don't know. We'll find out in just a few minutes. Also, record sales of nudicles announced this week. You know what nudicles are. If uh, not... You'll find out. Yeah. Also, pigeons on the pill. Yes, we're talking about birds on the pill. The pill. You know what pill I'm talking about, I, don't you? There's only one the pill that I know of. And it's not Imodium. It's, uh, <laughs> more details on that. That comes out of Hollywood, of all places. Oh, well, that explains it. Details on the way. Uh, first, nudicle talk on Animal Radio. Is Greg online, too? Yes, he is. Hi, Greg. Hi, Hal. How are you, sir? Doing very well. Please don't call me, sir. Of course, you're no stranger to Animal Radio. You've, uh... Well, we've been around for, what, 13 years now. Yeah, in fact, most of my career, even before Animal Radio, I remember interviewing you, <laughs> because uh, you make nudicles, and for those that don't know where what nudicles are, uh, you've I guess you've been under a rock or something like that, because I, I would imagine when you say nudicles, most people know what you're talking about these days, it's huh? It's becoming a household name, I think, slowly but surely. We're not a big, huge company. We're just a, you know, just a small company, and it just takes us a little longer to get the word out as compared to, you know, like a bigger company. Okay, online too? Someone, someone online too has been under a rock and doesn't know what nudicles are. Can you please explain? Nudicles are testicular implants for pets. A lot of people, you know, don't know that, uh, you know, when a dog is neutered, they remove, you know, that body part and mm-hmm. leaves the dog unwhole. And that's why a lot of people don't want to neuter. And every day I hear from pet owners, I wouldn't have neutered had it not been for nudicles. And I think in our small way, we're helping to reduce the pet overpopulation crisis. And as a result of people that are neutering that wouldn't neuter before, pets are living happier, healthier, longer lives. I'll I'll give you that. Yeah. And what's upsetting me is that there's a media thing going on right now where they're making fun of people that are spoiling their pets and, you know, and, and make people that care about their pets and you know buy them clothes and whatever and spend big bucks at the vet's office are you know a little eccentric and you know that's starting to offend me well, so I'm going to start fighting back that, I, and I don't blame you I really don't this is a self-esteem issue for the animal is it not well it's for the pet and it's for the owner um, uh, you know, people want their male dog to look like a male dog. Sure. And there's so many breeds where that's a dominant feature of their, you know, little personality. <laughs> Boxers and any mm-hmm. short-haired dog and even little chihuahuas, you know, that makes them, you know, a, a, you know, a little male. And, and to turn your dog into a little eunuch is too much for a lot of people to put up with, you know. <laughs> okay. That's where nudicles come in. Nudicles are for the extreme pet owner. I, I'm seeing the lines light up now. I'm thinking there's a lot of irate females. Is this mostly uh, uh, something that male owners, male guardians it's purchase? male, female, and in between. I kid you not. It's just people's love of their dog. They want their, They want the best for their pet. They want their... You know, their dog to maintain their God-given body parts, and they just, it's a, it's a thing, it's, it's, it's not a male-female thing, it's just, 
it's a universal thing where people just want their dog to look like a male. When I first uh, got you on the phone, uh, oh geez, nineteen late eighties. It seems God, like. it's, it's been it's been a while. I know it. I, I got time you. is just flying by, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I got you on the phone because it seemed a little awkward at the time. I'll, I'll be real frank with you. Uh, oh yeah. Well, well, I shocked the world with you, nudicles. I'm oh, you really you. did. <laughs> now I'm getting you on the phone because I'm pulling the article out of. Uh, Business section of the the week, August tenth. Oh, we, business week, yes. Yeah, uh, and they said that I'm charging nine hundred dollars a pair, and God, that's not true. Darn them! Well, you got to be a millionaire by now. <laughs> well, it's not that not at nine hundred dollars a pair. It's it's the you know the average price of a nudicle you know for nudicles is around one hundred and sixty dollars. Is that a pair? <laughs> that's a pair. Yeah, and then there's the surgery. Obviously, you're a veterinarian. Yeah, and most vets now will you know do it in the you know sixty dollar range. So it's not, you know it's really and you know the, and considering the fact that most pets today will live what twelve, fifteen, eighteen years, it's something that you know the pet will benefit from for years to come. So when you you know it, it may be kind of a pain in the rump to get it done initially, but, but when it, you look at it over an eighteen year period, it's pennies. A day. What about the animal that develops in size over the years? Uh, do you, do you find the guardians upgrade? I mean, perhaps they started with a smaller set of nudicles, and as the dog grew, they well. Normally, at eight months, the the all of the pet's organs are fully developed and grown. You know, heart, Mine lungs, were. kidneys. So, if you neuter at eight months or past that, you know, uh, uh, it, there's you know, it, it'll you know, it'll stay the same size. Uh, but okay. I do get the people, you know, wanting to put the large in the chihuahua. And, you know, <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh, God, yeah. that's Everybody <laughs> says that anymore. So oh, we no. screen. I really, we, we don't screen do that, because, dude. I mean, there are people that would do that. And oh, that, no. that, again, is the most inhumane thing you can do. So sure. I've got my little way of... Let me tell you, you don't want an oversized nudicle in there. Uh, listen, there's 100,000 that have been sold so far. Is that correct? Oh, no. it's We're at about 437,000. Wow. Pair, wow. Pair. And how many complications? Any compl- Never a complication, never a problem of any type. In fact, we insure every nudicle pet for $2 million against any form of complications. I have so many questions, so little time. Uh, so, Well, I've got all day and all night, and there's many shows in the future. We could just start it, start the nudicle hour. Yeah, that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, get on that. Will you, you know, will you get on the... Uh... <laughs> so uh, what about humans? Can humans use these nudicles? No. It's, it's uh, Even though the material is FDA medically approved for human use, you still have to get a second approval in each part of the body that you plan to put it in. Sorry, so, Judy. Your oh, husband hell, is yeah, uh, SOL, yeah. I guess. But, you know, it's... Um, you know, and I get calls from these poor guys all the time, and what I tell them is, you know, it's not legal, you know, for humans, but you can buy nudicles, you know, for your pet. I, Only I, in America, you know. Yes. I got to say that you are indeed probably appealing to some of the older guys uh, who uh, probably feel they're losing a bit of their own masculinity when they get their dogs. Well, everybody relates. They all have their own little reasons, and there's probably... You know, 15, 20 different reasons. You know, you could break it down, but it's it's everybody's got their own thing. They just, you know, they, you know, it's it's everybody's different, and they they all have their own reason. Well, we'll check in with you uh, next year, uh, if not before, for the nudical hour, and we'll see how you're doing next. <laughs> I encourage anybody to you know go to our website www.nudicals.com and 
you know, check us out. We've got a video of the actual procedure online now, as well as a downloadable brochure folks can give to their vets. Sounds like it makes for good family viewing. It's, it's just, it's just, uh, it's the Disneyland of the internet, I'm telling you. <laughs> Greg, we appreciate your time. We'll check in with you soon again. Thank okay. you so much. I bet his mom's proud of him. <laughs> what does your son do? Yeah, how do you explain that one? <laughs> okay, coming up, we're going to pay a tribute to Kyle Orent, the uh, nine-year-old who raised $20,000. Unbelievable. Uh, selling lemonade. Yes. And gave it to Canine Companions for Independence. And he'll be uh, auctioning collars in just, well, just within a couple of weeks here. All the details on the way. Uh, also... Uh, I wanted to mention that the Get Serious Seriously Cool Summer Giveaway has ended. How many bones were in that mailbox? 574. Oh, I was way off. What'd you guess? About 333. There was uh, there was a, one of the record responses for contests ever here at Animal Radio for that. Uh, Kevin Frank wins the grand prize for that. Picks up a bunch of Get Serious. And now it's time to kick off the Summer End Giveaway. With lots of great prizes from PetMate. What are some of the prizes they have there that they're donating? For the cats, they have a Litter Sweep Ultra, which is an automatic litter. And then there's also the Portion Control Labistro. It's an automatic feeder that dispenses a food. They have a leather toy box. And they also have a leather window perch for your cat. And these are just some of the things that are... Uh up for grabs here in the summer giveaway. You can enter simply by going to animalradio.com and I believe you just fill out a contest form. I don't think there's any hoops you can jump through or have to jump through. I believe if you send us some of your ink, ink cartridges like last year, you'll get a free toy. All the details at animalradio.com. Don't trust me. I don't know why Homeland Security is on the phone. We're going to go to them in just a couple of minutes. But first, I'm going to clear some lines. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Animal Radio. Hi. Who's this? This is Genevieve. Genevieve, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Lake Matthews, California. Ooh, is that, uh, is that? Northern California? It's beautiful Southern California, Riverside County. Oh, Riverside. Okay, never heard of it. Uh, and I imagine you were listening on coast. Absolutely. Very good. What can we do for you today? Well, I have a pound puppy that we got a couple of years ago. He's a um, chocolate lab. He's about four years old. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a barker. Mm-hmm. Okay? But th- that's one of the problems. But the other problem that we have is we cannot keep him in a kennel. So now I've actually had to tie him up and keep him on a leash. Because uh-huh. in the kennel, he's learned to climb out of it. <laughs> he's learned to climb out of the kennel? Yes. He, wow. will cli- he will climb out of the kennel. He won't jump. He'll climb out. Isn't it uh, enclosed? Enclosed? Yeah. Chain, enclosed? Chain link, the top is open. Oh. Yeah, five, five feet. Out. <laughs> you might want to think about putting a top on it as well, putting some kind of a link or chain link or something on top. Well, unfortunately, it's built around some cypresses, so that would be a little bit hard. Okay. Oh, okay. But um, anyway, so what we've done is we've got one of those um, cables, and we have them tied up to that. Uh-huh. Well, um, when he decides he wants to play, he will pull his head out of his collar. Does he get an adequate amount of play time and attention from you? Um, too much. He is what you call high maintenance. Uh-huh. To the point where he needs attention 24-7. He's been high maintenance all along, but he has now just started. He's always taken off on us, okay? Uh-huh. But see, I, I don't like animals running around. 
Right. I live out. We live out in the rural area, out in the country, which is no big deal. But we've got coyotes, we've got wild dogs, and stuff like that, and we don't need it. Uh-huh. And getting hurt, or you know, I don't want the neighbors complaining. Right. So, but so we started putting him on a leash, and he does fine. But whenever the kids come home, or whenever there's kids outside playing, he wants to play too. Of course. So yeah. when my daughter goes and walks down the street, he will sit there and literally pull his head, choking himself to the point where he's almost knocked out. I watched him yesterday. Oh, <laughs> no. And he will get his head out. We have, we've got two-finger um, distance now between his neck, his actual skin, and the collar. That's and the right can, amount. And he can still get out. When, why, why do you think he's trying to get out? Because he doesn't want to be tied up. He wants to be with it. He wants to be a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does he, he spend much? Be, if he could be in the house, he would be happy. Does he spend much time in the house? No. Oh. He said. Yeah. Um, well, that's the problem. Is he's very social and he wants to be a part. Animals or dogs are very pack animals. Well, what is what is your policy about uh, him being in the house? I, I don't like animals in the house. Yeah. yeah. He, at night, every day at night, because we have a Scottish Terrier that we rescued, we have a little poodle mix that we rescued, and then we have him. We've got three dogs, and they're all rescued. And, and how, how much attention does he get during the day from, uh, from you and the kids? As, as long as we're outside, he's with us constantly. Mm-hmm. And we have horses, so he's constantly with the animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like when you go inside, he wants to be a part of the family. Yes, yeah. yes, he wants to be. If you could spend, if you can just take him inside, uh, you know, and not have to have him in there permanently, but taking him inside for a little bit at a time and give him more attention when he's inside, he'd be more calmer when he's outside. How does he react around other dogs? He barks. He does bark. Um, I, the other thing is, is I would try to figure out how to cover up that uh, that kennel, uh, mm-hmm. so that they they can be outside without having a leash or being tied something to their neck. Uh, he needs more time off the leash, and unfortunately, he wants to be a part of the family. And if you could just spend a little bit of time with him indoors, bring him in on a daily basis for you know a half an hour at a time, where he knows that that is something to look forward to. I think he'd be a little bit more calmer when he was outside, but. Being chained up 24-7 is that's no not a, fun. That's not a fun life, and I would no. be barking, too, if he could be inside yeah. the kennel, put some kind of top to, to keep him from uh, hopping out. I know shedding is a problem, but if you can designate like a blanket or something and have him come in and spend a little more time with the family, I think that you'd see a big difference in him. I think I like that idea. Yeah. We really appreciate you calling in and, and uh, trying to find a resolve for it. Let us know if yeah, any one of these ideas work or don't work, and we'll try to... I'm going to bat around the idea to some other people and see if we can find some other answers for you, okay? Okay. That'd be great. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. 1-866-405-8405 is the number. Hi, I'm Victoria Jackson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen 
G-U-A-R-D.com. Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy to use, even men can do it. Hey, hey wait a minute. <laughs> Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com. Did you see the paper? They mentioned cloning animals for food. Seriously? I thought cloning was still pretty experimental. It is. Most of the animals die or are born with some sort of health defect. So why is the FDA going to approve it? I don't know. It's upsetting that the FDA seems to be ignoring scientific evidence that animals in cloning suffer. And the FDA says that it won't even label cloned foods. That's outrageous. Yeah, and we could be eating meat or drinking milk from cloned animals and not even know it. Is there anything we can do to stop this? You can. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society at www.endanimalcloning.org to learn more about the problems with animal cloning and to help keep cloned food off grocery store shelves. Cloning animals for food is not just about food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues have been ignored for too long and must be considered. To learn more, visit www.endanimalcloning.org. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Now we go to Homeland Security and Erin Streeter joining us. She's the acting director for the Ready Campaign. Hi, Erin. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's that uh, time we were watching the Weather Channel. It is that time of year. We're in hurricane season. And who knows what's going to happen this week or even next week. It's uh, it, We do know we learned some lessons from Katrina. One of those is that we don't know how long we're going to be gone from our house and leaving our pet behind may not have been the best thing to do. And, of course, there's been lots of legislation to change that now. You are helping us get prepared with the Ready Campaign should anything happen. And I want you to tell us a little bit about it. I understand you've consulted with some uh, pretty good organizations like the AS. SPCA to put this together. That's right. The Ready Campaign is the Department of Homeland Security's uh, national public awareness campaign to educate Americans about what they need to do to prepare for emergencies. And as a part of that campaign, we've developed uh, some brochures and some information for pet owners. Uh, as you mentioned just a minute ago, uh, Katrina was a good reminder for us that pets are an important part of our family, and we need to make sure that Americans are planning for them if an emergency should happen. This is not only just in the states that are prone to hurricanes, there can be disasters really anywhere. That's right. Uh, the Ready Campaign really uh, wants to make sure that people are informed about the risks that exist in their geographic area. It could be everything from flooding, which we're seeing in the Midwest right now, to wildfires, which we've seen this summer on the West Coast, to hurricanes, as you've mentioned, tornadoes. Many people live in tornado-prone areas as well as thunderstorms here where I am in the Washington, D.C. region. We have lots of thunderstorms that always cause power outages. So it really runs the gamut as to what an emergency situation could look like. And you guys put together a video, an instructional video, with uh, some tips on it for pet owners as well as uh, non-pet owners. Some of the pet tips is, is as we, uh, you know, promote to Americans to apply the three steps to get an emergency supply kit and to make a family communications plan and to be informed about the risks, we really say the same thing for pet owners. And as you go through each one of those steps, for example, when you're putting your emergency supply kit together, making sure that you have food and water accounted for your animals in your home, 
making sure that you have uh, the appropriate medicines and medical records uh, if your pet is uh, taking medicine on a regular basis. You also want to talk to your veterinarian and make sure that you have a pet emergency supply kit, uh, first aid kit. And these kits should include things like cotton bandage rolls, bandage tape and scissors, uh, things like that. Also, which is very important, is, is you want to make sure that your animal has a collar with an ID and that they're keeping that on them at all times. But you want to make sure that you have a backup uh, in your emergency supply kit and you want to put uh, copies of your pet's registration information, adoption papers, vaccination documents, medical records. All of those things should be put in a clean plastic bag or a waterproof container so you can make sure that they're readily handy uh, if you should need them. Have you made any provisions for transporting animals in case of emergencies in places where these animals, you know, people with their animals can relocate? Well, one thing that we, you know, as a part of the planning effort that we recommend that Americans do is is that they really need to plan how they're going to assemble their pets and anticipate where they're going to go. If you have to evacuate, we want you to do some pre-planning and know what shelters will allow animals and what shelters will not. Also, make sure that you, if you can't uh, get to your animal, that you have some sort of buddy system with another family member or a neighbor that someone can get to your pet and take care of them if you cannot get to them. Mm, so very, very important to understand that many of the shelters that are set up in disasters don't accept animals. So it's up to you to figure out where to go, right? Absolutely. And you need to talk to your veterinarian as well. I mean, there are some places where uh, they may take your animal if you need to seek shelter that doesn't take animals. Uh, I think if you do a little pre-planning and a little communication uh, with uh, your pet uh, providers and the people that you know to help you take care of your animal, you'll find some solutions readily available. Of course, you can download a video with all the details from the uh, the website www.ready.gov I had no idea that Homeland Security would be involved in something like this I, I guess they're pretty broad ranging huh? We are pretty broad ranging uh, we have a lot of different components that are part of the department. FEMA is a part of the department. And, you know, our oh, really? mission, uh, yep, FEMA is a part of the Department of Homeland Security. Didn't know that. Okay. Yep. So uh, we have many avenues. We have an Office of Health Affairs. We have a private sector office. All of those folks have preparedness efforts uh, in their portfolios. So we really want to make sure that Americans are educated and um, informed about what they need to be doing. And, look, the bottom line is, is if an emergency should happen. A first responder cannot uh, get to you until that area has been deemed safe, which could be up to 72 hours. So it really is everyone's responsibility to make sure that they're planning accordingly and making sure that they have enough uh, food and water and a supply kit to get them through those 72 hours. We don't have an internet connection. We want to get this kit or see the video or learn more. Is there is there a phone number we can call? There is. We have a 1-800 number, 1-800-BE-READY. And uh, if you call that number, you can get some brochures and we'll send them to you as well as some of the other resources that we have available on our website. Aaron Streeter, U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Acting Director of the Ready Campaign, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for spending the time on this. Coming up, Pigeons on Pills and Michael Vick. All the details right around the corner. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. I said enough. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man, Eddie Money. Make sure you spay to your pets and keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. 
Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And nothing warms the cockles of my heart more than children that are treating animals beautifully and learn at a young age the importance that animals play in our lives. One of those children, that would be Kyle Oren, little nine-year-old Kyle Oren. He is uh, just about to kick off his auction of celebrity collars, dog collars, August 28th, and we'll have a link from the front of AnimalRadio.com. If you're new to Animal Radio, maybe you don't know Kyle Orent, and we've put together a short uh, montage of the journey, if you will. And I remember actually setting up a uh, lemonade stand as a youngster. And I, probably <laughs> I think made, we all did. Yeah, I probably made about $5. <laughs> I, I, you know, it wasn't a lot of money. Uh-huh. Uh, did, did you do that as a youngster? Uh, I think everybody did. Well, what did you make? Did I don't you, think I made over $10. Not over $10. Imagine making $20,000. Wow. At a lemonade stand. <laughs> and, uh, you know, anybody to make that kind of money at a lemonade stand uh, is pretty incredible. But imagine an eight-year-old doing it. On the phone wow. with us, we have Kyle Oren. Hi, Kyle. How are you doing? Good. Where Where are you? Where do you live? I live in Northport. Northport. Is that, uh, what state is that? New York. Oh, it's, it's Long Island, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, tell us the deal. You you want you I guess you wanted a lemonade stand when you were seven years old. Yes. And you asked your mom for it, and she went out and got a, a pretty cool one, huh? Yeah. What did what did it look like? It has um, a white and yellow top, and it's it's blue, green, and white. Blue, green, and white. It's and yellow. And yellow. Lemonade. That's pretty. It's uh, it's a pretty cool stand you have here. I see a picture of it. And yeah. uh, nothing like what I had when I was a kid. <laughs> Cardboard box. So you, you set this up, and you, you every day after school, you set up your lemonade stand, or did you go around town? What did you do? Um, uh, every day in the summer, I went out for at least an hour and sold lemonade. Really? And how much would you make a day, did you think? Like $50. Wow. That's pretty good. So you, you, you made $20,000, and you did something very special with it, and that's why we're calling you. Yeah. Tell, tell the listeners what you did with that money. I gave it to a charity called Canine Companions. Canine Companions. What, what do they do? Um, it's for people who have disabilities, but not blind. Uh-huh. It's everything but blind. Oh, so it's, it's for people... And what is it? The, the canines are like therapy dogs. Yeah. I, I don't understand how the canine. They like they they help. The, like say the person falls out of the wheelchair. Uh huh. The dogs know how to pick them up and put them back in the wheelchair. Wow, those are some smart dogs. So yeah. So what are your new ideas? You've got some other plans to come up with some money for the canine companions. Yeah, I need. I'm trying to get dog collars. Uh huh. And I'm gonna get. Celebrities to autograph. Wow, that's uh, that's a good idea. And then when you going to auction them? Um, I don't know yet. Don't know yet. I haven't gotten that far. That's yeah. a very good idea. Have any celebrities uh, given you any collars so far? Um, we we need to get the collars first. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Uh, well, hold on a second. I'm, I'm, you know what? We should try to get. Have you tried to get collars? Um. We may have someone to get them for us, but... Okay. That's maybe. Okay. Well, we'll find out. If we can help you, we want to help you, okay? Okay. We actually got the callers, so we're going to give them a call right now, live on the air. I want to do this before the show is over. 
It's Animal Radio. Hello. Hi, this is Hal and Judy from Animal Radio. Is this Mrs. Kyle? This is Mrs. Kyle. How are you? How are you doing? <laughs> Fine, thank you. Is Kyle around? Kyle's around. One second, please. Okay. Calling, uh, is he? Hello. Hi, Kyle. How are Hi, you doing? Hi, Kyle. Good. Do, do you know who this is? I forget the name, but I know who. Okay, my name's Hal and Judy. Hi, Judy. From Animal Radio, and we spoke uh, last week. I made a call. As soon as we got off the air last week, I called Bamboo Products. And uh, the reason I called them is because they make a top-of-the-line collar. I mean, this is not just a a little collar. This is a real collar with a built-in leash. And um, I told them they're your story. I faxed your story over to them. And they said that they'd like to give you 100 collars uh, to get signed by celebrities. So, Thank you. So we have those for you, okay? <laughs> and we're going to send them your way. And uh, hopefully we'll get some of them signed, too, okay? Thank you. Okay. And uh, I'm hoping that we can check in with you maybe next week or in a couple of weeks to see how it's going. Because I'm going to leave a lot of the celebrity go-getting to you. Because I think you'll have a better chance at getting celebrities to sign the callers than, than I will. We speak to about one celebrity a week. Uh-huh. Uh, but... Uh, uh, but I think you, you'll you'll get a lot more attention by the celebrities, okay? Okay. Okay, and then if you have any questions or you need a business partner or anything like that, <laughs> you just uh, give me a call, okay? Okay. We have pop diva Sheena Easton on the phone with us. Hi, Sheena. Hi, how are you? Have you heard of Kyle Orent? Have you? He's a, he's an eight-year-old kid who uh, sold lemonade, well, the last few summers, and he made $20,000. By selling lemonade? By selling, by lemonade. selling lemonade. Did you, did you ever eight sell years lemonade old. as a kid? No, but you know, my daughter Skylar has a laminate stand. We're near a golf course, and she goes up where the golfers go across the street. Oh, yes. Smart. And, you know, she clear, sometimes she'll clear 100 bucks on a Saturday, but 20000 man, what is he selling? What is he putting in the laminate? That's what I want to know. Well, here's the deal. He gave all of that 20000 didn't keep a penny for himself. He gave that all to Canine Companions for Independence, which is an organization that hooks handicapped humans up with dogs. That is a wonderful thing to do. What a great kid. And we, we actually called him a couple of weeks ago, and I said, what do you want to do next? He said, well, I want to auction off collars, dog collars, signed by celebrities. Mm-hmm. So I told him every celebrity we get on the phone, we uh, get them to uh, hopefully autograph one of these collars that he can auction off for eBay and, again, for Canine Companions for Independence. I would be more than happy to do that. We're, we're going to awesome. send a few of them your way and also some for your two dogs. Okay. Okay. Great. How do you do? How, do you, how you doing? <laughs> Leslie Nielsen, the No Stranger in Animal Radio. Every time we talk to a celeb, especially during the summer season of stars right now, we're, we're asking them if you sign one of these collars, we'll send them to you. You sign them, and uh, you send them right directly to Kyle, and he'll auction them for Canine Companions. For Whatever you like. Put Leslie Nielsen down. For the list. <laughs> Hi, Wendy. Hey, how are you? Well, you know, I wanted to tell you about Kyle Orent. Probably about nine years old now. He should be about, about nine. nine. Yes. Last summer, he sold lemonade to the tune of twenty thousand dollars. Oh, I did hear about this kid. Yeah, and uh, he gave it all to Canine Companions for Independence. Yes, that's brilliant. I heard about this kid. That is absolutely wonderful. In fact, I think we did. We do something about him, and can we send you great, some collars? Absolutely. But first, I want to take care of a little business. Uh, eight-year-old Kyle Orent, he's been on the show, what, the last couple of last weeks? Last amazing kid. I'm going to call him up now. Hello. Hi, Kyle. Hi. It's, Hi. It's Hal and Judy. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Is summer setting in there yet? 
Yeah. It's, it's starting to get warmer. We're, we're calling yep. you in Long Island. Is it getting warmer? Yeah, it's about 70 degrees today. Oh, that sounds That's like a pretty okay. nice day yeah. there. I'll take that. Now, normally, a couple of years ago, you might have taken a day like today and gone out with the old lemonade stand and raised a little money, huh? When my mom picked me up from school today, I, I said the same thing. Yeah, did you really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you're on to a new thing now, which I think yeah. is really cool. So what celebrities have you got? Have you got some callers back already? Yeah. Who did you get? I got Betty White came back. Oh, Betty White. Very good. Very I got Lisa Laporta. Oh, good. Lisa Laporta from uh, HDTV's Design to Sell. Yes, boy. She's going to be real famous soon. <laughs> and Sheen Easton I got. Uh-huh. Good. Sheen Easton. Billy Joel. Oh, Billy Joel. Oh, wow. I've got Donald Trump. Oh, Don wow. the Donald. Yogi Berra. Yogi Wow. Robinson Cano. Wow. Chad Pennington. Oh, my gosh. You've been busy. I've gotten Hank Aaron. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, uh, geez, how, how many, yeah? I'm not done yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go I have Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill. Very good. Steve Park. I'd uh, bid for at least two of those right there. Yeah. Yeah, I want that Donald Trump caller. <laughs> I think we have his mom on the phone with details. I'm not sure if he's there, but I want to check in. Uh, Mama Kyle? Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is Mama Kyle. How are you? I call you Mama Kyle. Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess Kyle's getting ready soon to auction off these callers. Yeah, he's hoping. He's got to... He was still out waiting to come back, but he's hoping that they come in in time. He's still got a couple left that he's hoping that they'll, you know, people will hear about him and want more callers. So, when are we planning to do this? Uh, it is slated now. Actually, well, it is definitely going to be August twenty eighth. We're going to start it, um, and then it will go for ten days. Now, is this going to be on uh, eBay? eBay, eBay's Giving Works. So e giving Works is eBay's charity site. Oh. Very so cool. if they go, if they go like say they go on to Giving Works and just put in Kyle Lemon, if they put in Kyle Lemon Eight Thirty Three, they can find you know Kyle easily and his auction. Let's uh, let's go ahead and then yap with him. Okay, I'll go get him. One okay. second. Let's see, Kyle's got to be. Uh, he's been eight years old for about three years now. <laughs> so. Let's make him nine. Okay, Kyle, how old are you now? I'm nine. Nine. Okay, I figure we've been talking to you so long. We've been saying that you're eight, but you're nine. Yeah. So how you doing? Good. It's uh, I got to tell you, it's pretty hot outside. Pretty glad you're not selling lemonade this summer, I bet, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He might make a lot of money. Well, now you got the celebrity auction uh, is going to be starting real soon. Are you getting more callers in? Yeah, they're coming in little at a time. Little at a time. So you know, some celebs are kind of slow, or they might be out of town or filming, or they might be in Europe vacationing. Uh, who have you received so far? I've received, a, the, remember last time the ones I told you? Yes. Those are all the ones I've still received. I haven't received any new ones. Nothing new since then, okay. No. Now, uh, people are going to be able to auction. Oh, yeah. Yeah? I got one new one, Joe Namath. Oh, Joe Namath. Oh, very good. Really? That, I know who he is. Yeah. Uh, so people are going to be able to bid on these collars starting in a few weeks here on your uh, eBay charity site, right? Yep. And uh, where's the money going? To Canine Companions. Once again, and they were, of course, uh, the the organization that you gave your twenty thousand dollars from Lemonade to, also, huh? Yep. Why is this organization so near and dear to you, Kyle? Because I like animals. 
You just love animals. Huh? Do you have yeah. any, Do you have any pets at home? Yeah. What do you have? I have a fish. What's his name? His name's George. George. George the fish. George the fish. What kind of fish is he? Beta. He's yeah. He's in a beta. Wow. What color is he? He's red. A red. I have a red one yes, too. Yes, you do. Is it sort of a dark royal red? Yeah, he's very dark. Uh huh. Does he have a lot of personality? Yep. <laughs> yep. Put him on the phone. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all this information about uh, the auction on our website. We're going to try to get a lot of people to go there and bid for uh, uh, these collars. And we'll put a list of all the collars that you have there, too, okay? If there's any celebrities out there who want to sign, contact me, please. Thank you. And we'll talk to you real soon. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Let me talk to your mom, okay? Hello? <laughs> he, he sounds tired. Long day today? <laughs> he, he just came back from, from basket, playing basketball. Oh! Matter of fact, he came back, he goes, I think I'm going to write. He goes, he wrote to uh, Michael Jordan. Husband. I'm not sure if it's gone to me. He goes, maybe I'll write to uh, a couple more basketball players. Oh, very cool. Okay, so we'll uh, put all the information up on the website, and we'll check in with you in a couple of weeks, okay? Okay. Hold on one second. There you go. I know they have uh, Billy Joel has signed a collar. I think that uh, uh, Donald Trump has Donald signed a con- collar. Uh-huh. Leslie Nielsen. I don't know if he's trying for Beckham yet. Leslie Nielsen signed uh-huh. a collar? Oh, wow. I'm going to bid for those three right there. <laughs> so if you, uh, the listener, want in on this, you don't have a chance because I will go up to almost $10 because that's all I have. I'm a DJ, okay? Uh, that's all the details about that, by the way, at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, this is Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Mark Simpson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Don't have a cow, man. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Michael Vick pleads guilty to dog fighting charges. I'm Hal Abrams. Six years since being selected as the first pick in the 2001 NFL Draft, Atlanta Falcons quarterback Michael Vick should have been looking forward to the best years of his career. Instead, after announcing he would plead guilty to federal dogfighting charges yesterday afternoon, he is facing a likely sentence of 12 to 18 months behind bars. Vic, along with co-defendants Qantas Phillips, Pernell Peace, and Tony Taylor, stands accused of operating a dogfighting ring named Bad News Kennels out of a property he owns in Surrey County, Virginia. Already banned by the NFL from attending the Falcons' preseason training camp, Vic has previously denied all charges, but is position was undermined after all three co-defendants pleaded guilty last month and said they would testify against Michael Vick should the case reach trial. As well as admitting they had operated the fighting ring with Vick, Phillips and Peace both testified that he had helped execute by methods including hanging and drowning at least eight underperforming pit bull terriers. Ironically, it is a claim made by all three co-defendants that he's provided the majority of operating and gambling funds, which could be most damaging to Vick's hopes of returning to the NFL. Michael Vick will appear in court to submit his official plea next Monday, and although the charges against him are punishable by up to five years in prison, and a $250,000 fine, a government official told the Associated Press that prosecutors would recommend a sentence of 12 to 18 months. Get more breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
Earth-conscious consumers have an eco-friendly choice in pet care. The Simple Solution Natural line of 100% all-natural pet products. 100% biodegradable training pads. Biodegradable even by California standards. They'll biodegrade faster than an orange peel. Also, Simple Solution Natural Pet Stain and Odor Remover. A great alternative to harsh chemicals found in traditional household cleaners. Simple Solution Natural. Based on a way of life. Find Simple Solution at Petco, PetSmart, or your local pet retailer. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Okay, what do you do if you have a pigeon problem? And uh, for, for us around here, we love the pigeons. They actually visit us daily here in Canaan. But in some cities, it could be a problem, especially when you have a... Oh, about 5,000 or so living. <laughs> that could be a problem. They're kind of noisy and uh, uh, the poop. Messy, yeah. Poop, poop problems. Some of the unethical ways that have been used in the past, uh, electrical shock gates, spiked rooftops, poisons, and there's a whole list of methods I really don't want to go into. But what I saw just recently comes out of Hollywood. Uh, we have Laura Dodson. She's the president of the Argyle Civic Association. And you're putting the birds on the pill. Is that right? It seems to be that way. It sure does. Thank you for, for asking how. Yes, we're putting them on the pill, as to speak. And this is because we have people who are overfeeding the birds. PETA says, please, please do not feed wild animals. Mm. And pigeons are wild animals, and we love them too, except when they get to the point that they are in this enormous size uh, flock. 5,000 pigeons is way underestimated in Hollywood. Mm. But it is it has been uh, the problem because of people who feel that they're doing the right thing in feeding the animals, and they're not. It, it does not help them at all. It makes them totally, totally uh, dependent on the person feeding. Well, when I lived there, there was a, there was, and she's been there forever, the bird lady. Yes. Who? who <laughs> you know her too, huh? She's still there? Yes. Oh, she's still here, honey. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so she's feeding the birds, and she, of course she thinks she's doing good. Yes. Okay, but she's not. No, it's really sad. Um, the birds, if she feels like the press is after her, which has been a lot lately, mm-hmm. she, she tries to sneak out and feed them when no one can see her or not come out at all. And the birds sit on the line just starving to death, just mm-hmm. waiting, because they know nothing else. Most of them don't know how to forage for themselves. Okay, so you, this great humane idea of putting them on the pill. Now, is this the same kind of pill that humans use? No, we just say it because it sounds good with pigeons on the pill. It really has <laughs> nothing to do with sterile or changing the bird's activity whatsoever. It doesn't hurt the bird, the atmosphere, other birds that, that may eat the birds. <clears throat> what it does is basically scrambles the egg yolk and the egg white, and the embryo doesn't even have a chance to form. Okay, who's the unlucky guy that has to go out and, and, and put the pill in every bird? Ah, <laughs> that's done by uh, licensed pest control people uh-huh. because it has to be done pretty exact. We're going to have cameras on all the rooftops where we have these little feeding stations, uh-huh. and it's basically just treats. The treats are laced with the drug. Okay. And, and they learn they... to come in the morning and take it each day, and we put out just enough for the birds that come. Can a bird get too much? No. What about the other birds? Uh, how do the uh, 
Why wouldn't the other birds pick up on these treats? Well, the size is made particularly for a pigeon, number one, okay? Number two, most birds don't learn to go back to the same spot and feed like hummingbirds. So let's say you take a raptor, for, for instance. They're only, when they're hungry, they go up in the air and their eye does the work. Mm. Their mind doesn't do anything by thinking, oh, let's go over there and get those treats that we got there the other morning. Uh, how long will it take for the, I guess, the attrition rate, or I guess for them to be curved? Well, that's the exciting part. We've been conservative by saying we can cut the, half, the flock in half by four years, but we know it's good. we know it probably will be less than that because uh, Italy did it in they brought it down to half in a year. Really? But, but ours is such a big problem. We we just wanted to be conservative, but we will see a difference in a year. And we are the pilot pro- program for this for the whole United States, which means we have to prove it to you guys <laughs> and to the EPA that we are bringing down this flock. So now, you you can be the model, huh? We are the model. Now, Where did, else in Hollywood? Did, Perfect did, stage, huh? Sure. Why not? <laughs> well, I applaud you for this humane way of doing this. We couldn't have done it without PETA. I'm telling you, PETA was the one that turned us on to the product and um, basically supported us all the way through this. And if it wasn't a humane uh, way of going, we wouldn't have even touched it. If anyone wants to learn more about the Argyle Civic Association, uh, do you have a website? We certainly do. It's called argylecivic.org. And if any one of your listeners would like to help us with funding for this uh, very important project, they can go to our website. How much does something like this cost? Well, believe it or not, it's only going to be $60,000, and that's going to be with EPA testing. Thank you so much. Thank you for your show. I appreciate that. Hold on one second. That's all we have time for this hour. Remember to bid on uh, Kyle's collars starting on the 28th for 10 days. A link from the front of AnimalRadio.com. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. If you watch the news, you know this last month that uh, we lost a couple of great newscasters in a in a horrible helicopter crash in Phoenix. One of those horrible car chases going on. And one of them, Craig Smith, traveled with his dog, Molly. And uh, Molly's trainer is our friend, Vlade the Dog Wizard. We have him on the phone. Which one is he? He oh. is on three. Well, hello, Vlade. Hello. Hello, Hal. Hello, Hi. Judy. How are you? Good. Very well. How are you? Good, 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 good. Uh, it seems to me it has become the personal feature in Animal Radio, the American's most, most listened radio show. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we, and we love you here as a permanent fixture. You don't yeah. mind, do you? Yes, let's do one time per month at, at least. I'm receiving so many emails after every time I've been on the show. People say whatever I say has a lot of sense. Well, sure it does. Plus, you're fun. Yes, because when the bloody talks, human and canine listen. You bet. <laughs> listen, I wanted to uh, just chat real briefly about, uh, unfortunately, uh, about a month ago, maybe a little over a month ago, we lost two wonderful helicopter photographers and uh, reporters yeah. in the Phoenix area. And uh, one of them used to carry around a dog named Molly. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Thank you for uh, bringing that subject up because uh, you probably saw, I already did interview with CNN on that subject. 
because it was a very, very special couple. Molly was the world's first dog who ever had unofficial permission to fly in the helicopter every day that dog together with its owner Craig Smith which was working for ABC 15 in Phoenix so well uh, I guess the first question that comes to mind is was Molly in the helicopter at the time that it crashed you know what for some reason for some dif- I mean we don't know that reason is but that day she wasn't there hmm. and it saved her life Mm, okay. Yes, and uh, she was uh, waiting for the owner who never came. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And no, I called to the station and I offered to adopt the Molly. And that's because you you actually trained Molly, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. And that's the reason why she was uh, so great, uh, because I trained her. And honestly, I'd like to reveal some secrets um, with your listeners. Yes. Molly, not always was uh, that angel. She, as a matter of fact, Craig Smith hired me because she was a little, little terrorist. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, she took him for a walk. She was uh, defecating in the house. Oh, wow. She was uh, attacking larger dogs. <laughs> and uh, there was the time when his girlfriend could open the door and that Molly could jump out of the door and start to run with the speed of Russian satellite guided <laughs> missile. And she scream and yell and nothing happened. So she called on the cellar phone to the crack and Craig Smith, who was working by that time in Detroit for our local TV station, ABC7, he was flying all the way from the station to his neighborhood, like uh, flying around trying to locate the Molly. <laughs> and all people were gathering up and looking at that news helicopter and kept asking his girlfriend, what's, what's so special is going on in our neighborhood? And she said, we have a lost dog here. And, she, and the people said, probably it was a special dog. Yeah. She said, yeah, it was his dog. <laughs> so you turned, uh, you turned Molly around. Yes, I did turn Molly around and uh, she has become the dog who, like I said, uh, Craig Smith took her with, her with him everywhere he went, whatever it was a restaurant, whatever it was a, a party, whatever, it, I mean, off leash, downtown, she was so wonderfully trained. So, like, she started to fly in helicopter with him and became feature, permanent feature. Uh, she, he put uh, ear, earphones, earphones on her, like helmets and all mm-hmm. the things, so she looked very cute. People were sending emails, asking the Molly different questions. So it was very, very special dog. Um, and one day, aviation department uh, got interest how that dog is flying in helicopter every day. So they came over and did an investigation, and uh, they asked, who tra- what happening? Who trained that dog? What's happening? And Craig Smith, listen, people, this, this dog was trained by the world-famous Russian dog wizard, famous uh, former Russian KGB dog trainer. They said, really? Show what, he can, what she can. And when he showed to them what the Mali can, they said, well, we're going to close our eyes, let her fly. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a cutie, little uh, terrier of sorts. Yeah, she's a West Highland Terrier. She's the, like we called her before, Molly Little Terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I, I, I want to hold this picture up to the microphone so that everybody can see all of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
So what have you been up to recently? We are finishing right now a segment. It's going to be problem-solving segments in my style, which is very infotaining, which I combine information and entertainment. And we're going to syndicate those segments across the country. So I think your listeners will enjoy to see the Vladi. We have a so hilarious segments you cannot believe uh, one segment was where i enter one household and uh, the wife and husband start to complain me that they they cannot sleep in, together anymore and they sleep in the different beds for the last three months and i ask why because they said ma our six dogs start to fight in the bed and we couldn't we cannot even we cannot even keep we, we just we decided to just separate the beds. So now wife sleeps with three dogs and one bed, and another, and husband sleeps with the rest of the dogs and another bed. You hear about this all the time. We actually had Dr. Joyce Brothers on to talk about that. What do you do in a situation like that, Vladi? I try to straight out their humans because people are crazy. Dogs are okay, you know, and this is the humans who created the big problem. You know, I said to them, okay, you guys going to sleep together in one bed and your dogs are going to sleep in the, in the not in the crate, but in the little dog beds, down, down. And they said, they're not going to like it. I said, you know what? We forgot to ask them what they like or not. Let's get the precious beds and um, have delicious and attach to them. And when they jump on the bed, tell them, ah, and put them back in the place. And of course, we taught them place. And give them some kielbasa, give them some cheese. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they will do it a couple of times and you're done. You now, know? we're talking about giving the dog the kielbasa, not the husband, right? No, no, no. For the husband, is better Russian vodka than kielbasa. Okay. He was a Polish. And, you know, it's a worstest thing for me when I come in and uh, the owner is the Polish man. Because Polish man, it's my experience, he thinks he knows everything. Oh. Uh-huh. Also, if some of your listeners is from Milwaukee, yes. Wisconsin, listen, Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, Milwaukee's dogs is already shaking because the Vladi is going to make the make the visit in Milwaukee. I got invitation from TV and radio stations. So I will do big presentation Milwaukee starting from uh, September fifth. So. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee, listen up. Vladi is coming. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yes. Just would like to share my, uh, what I would like to share with you, uh, listeners, because I know we're all animal lovers, and uh-huh. we all love the dogs sometimes more than the humans, because sometimes they do better than the humans, you know. They don't have a backstabbing, you know. They're not... They don't bite and lick the people at the same time. They are bite or lick. It's like me. If I like something, I lick. If I don't, I bite. I don't have any backstab sure. mentality. But I would like to share with you listeners very serious message. Um, behavior problem in dogs has taken epidemic proportions everywhere. And I see the United States more than anywhere else. And um, people got into this problem not overnight. It's step by step into the disaster. We have a 5 million dog bites every year. Every year in the United States, we have 5 million dog bites, and 95% of them is aimed for the kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I discovered, I'd like to share with your listeners. Please. Aggressive behavior in dogs never comes overnight. There are, there are two things people should look at. Number one, if you allow your dog pull you on the leash. And second, if you allow your dog to bark as a Russian AK-47 downtown Beirut in your household, <laughs> that dog will eventually, will eventually to growl 
and bite whoever they will choose because that's what the dogs, from their point of view, you are giving them permission to bite. So if so you just allow this behavior to go on, you can expect it. Exactly, exactly. And, and, but the structures and rules is very important. Let me tell you, listeners, one of each of them, and the rest of them, if they would like, they can get from my, uh, my DVD. Rule number one, you should people always eat first. Always what first? Eat first. Eat? Yes. Okay. Have your lunch first. Okay. And your dog must see you eating first. Oh. Even if you maybe give your puppy or your dog a couple of treats when you've done, but mm -hmm. it's so important to teach the dog, go to the dog bed and lay down there and wait when you finish your food and after give them something nice at the mm. end. Okay, I like that. Yeah. That's, uh, it's also very important to teach the dogs. When they, you know that typical situation in every household. Somebody knock the door and the, uh, uh, knock the door or doorbell and the dog jumps and even don't want to bite, but you know try to knock the people down. A lot mm -hmm. of excitement and the people make excuses. Oh, my dog is excited. Oh, my dog! I keep, I keep telling the people, listen, people. When I see the beautiful woman on the street, I get excited too. But they have <laughs> self-control. Your dog must have self-control as well. So we're teaching the dogs in Europe go to the dog bed automatically. We push the doorbell and the dog automatically goes to the dog bed and lay down there and let the people come in. Once that initial excitement is gone, we can let the dogs go and they can say hi in a nice way. Uh -huh. I like and that. I like that. Those are two very good tips. Of course, the rest you've got to keep hidden. Uh, it's, it's KGB secret, but you can get it by getting the DVD. Your website, Vlade, what is that again? My website is 911dogwizard.com, W-I-Z-R-D.com. Or people just can go to www.vlade.com, V-L-A-D-A-E. And remember, just for your listeners, if they will type the magic word, Dog Wizard 1, Dog Wizard number 1, Dog Wizard 1, when they do purchasing, they're going to get 25% discount. Uh, from whatever purchase they will choose. It's such yeah, a deal. A great, there. great tips. I, I mean, I strongly believe if the people looking for the miracle, I do have that miracle. Those DVD will change, change the people's life in relationship with their pets. This is the only United States patent painting dog training method. Very good, Vlade the Dog Wizard, a regular right here on Animal Radio. Thanks, Vlade. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Hey, you know anyone who has owned a pet can tell you nothing is more frustrating than their pet soiling in the house. Often they do this in one spot over and over and over again. There's a reason why your pets do this. Pets are attracted to their own unique body scent, which is known as their pheromone. And that pheromone is always left behind in every soiling. Therefore, it's natural for your pet to follow his keen sense of smell and go back to it. So the question is, how do we get the pheromone out so our pets stop 
resoiling in the house? Well, the good news is there's finally an answer. It's Get Serious Stain, Odor, and Pheromone Extractor. Get Serious is the only stain and odor remover with the ability to remove your pet's pheromone while also getting out the urine odor and any stain. Stop blaming your pets for resoiling when you used a cleaner that didn't get the pheromone out. And don't spend another minute cleaning up unnecessary repeat accidents. Pick up Get Serious today at PetSmart or visit PetSmart.com. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues must also be considered. The cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. Hey, cat lovers, wish you never had to touch, smell, scoop, or buy cat litter again. Your wish is granted with Cat Genie. The world's only self-flushing, self-washing cat box. The Cat Genie looks like a cat toilet and cleans like magic. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Cat Genie is totally litter free. Okay, cats need to dig and cover. So Cat Genie uses permanent washable granules that never need changing. To cats, Cat Genie fills and acts like a clean litter box. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Joanna. Hi, Joanna. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I was hoping you guys could help me out with a problem I'm having. No problem. Where are you calling from? 
North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Yes. Are you, are you listening on the internet or on the radio? Uh, online. Online. Okay. What what kind of problem you got going on there? Hopefully we can help you. I hope you can. Um, I have three dogs. They're very social dogs. They're like children to me. Of course. Um, but lately, um, the neighbor had apparently his dog got off of its chain and was attacked by another dog. And he's blaming our dogs for the aggressors. Oh, okay. And let me let me let me make sure I have this right. Your your neighbor's dog was attacked. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that it was your dogs. He's saying that our dogs are the ones that attacked it, and they wouldn't hurt a fly. Hmm. And I am looking for some way to prove that I don't have aggressive dogs, like an attitude, a behavioral temperament kind of oh. testing okay. that we could... Has this ended up in the courts? Not yet. Um, he's talked to animal control and he has talked to the police department because we are within city limits. And um, So what, what, they, what will the temperament test do? What will you do with it? What I would do with it, I would take that as proof um, that they're not aggressive dogs because that is his insinuation that we have aggressive dogs. Um, are you sure that they were not involved? 100% sure they were locked up in our home. Mm. The only time our dogs are outside is when and they're on chains when we're away from home during the day. Mm -hmm. So dogs they got the wrong party there is what you're saying. Um, I'm, well, I've never seen his dog off of the chain, yeah. and he is saying that it was attacked. I beg to differ with him. I think maybe it got hit by a car. Which is another argument, ladies and gentlemen, for keeping your dogs not chained up. Just a horrible thing to do. Yeah, 24-7. It it's horrible. Say kids come by and provoke the, the dog, your dog. He has nothing to do but become an angry little animal. Uh, well, hold on a second. Judy can... Uh... So you're basically looking for some documentation to prove that your dogs are friendly. Something that will hold water, yes. Okay. I have um, two rescue dogs and a smaller dog that I bought from a per private individual. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to a pet shop or when you buy an animal, you don't necessarily get a behavioral temperament test. Mm -hmm. There are breeds that you kind of look out for to be aggressive. Sure. And then there's other ones, you know, somebody could say that your chihuahua was aggressive. <laughs> and there are so many things, so many horrible things that you can be made to do if your dog is deemed aggressive. Sure. Judy, doesn't AKC have a temperament test of sorts? Yeah. You know, a lot of shelters and everybody has their own temperament testing that they do. But the AKC has put together what they call the Canine Good Citizen Program. And what this is, it's basically your dog goes through a series of tests that are along the lines of temperament testing. Um, there are things as such coming when called, uh, reaction to other dogs, reaction to distractions, just a variety of tests that you can go through with AKC's program for your dog to receive a Canine Good Citizen certificate. And what you can do is you can go to their website, which is www.akc.org, and they have a listing 
that you can go ahead and put in your state and your city and they will tell you where you can have this done in your local area. And don't be confused by the AKC. Your dog does not have to be a purebred or anything. Anybody can do this and your dog can go through this testing and you can actually get a certificate for your dog proving that he is social and he can pass all these different tests. And this is great if you're looking for an apartment uh, or uh, yeah. any time you need to prove that the animal that you're with is is uh, well behaved. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, a former employee of mine had adopted a dog from a shelter in New York and they automatically give this behavioral test. But good. the rescue mm-hmm. agency that I work that I worked with to get the two that we have mm-hmm. didn't offer anything like that. And here I because these are my children, may as well be, they're my heart and my soul. I take them everywhere. If I go to the grocery store, I don't have a problem loading up my dogs and going. We go off on the weekends. Like I said, we go hiking. We go kayaking. They're very friendly, social dogs. Mm-hmm. And it just scares me to think that somebody can say that I have aggressive dogs and all of a sudden I have to have a concrete floor with chain link fencing yeah. and a roof and they have to be on a leash all the time and mm-hmm. you know that it's just a horrible thing well check out it's, that website and then let us know what happens we'd be interested to, to follow this up and find out uh, what happens what all the test involves yeah yeah and, and a little bit learn a little bit about the test yes. too all right well I do appreciate your time thanks a lot I'll check that out thanks Joanne hold on one second Last hour, it was Homeland Security calling us. This hour, it's the Center for Disease Control. I don't know. It's uh, on the way. I I can't imagine what you've done. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. An Australian man was recently caught hiding three geckos in his socks. Police found the little lizards hidden in the man's socks during a routine search of his car and alerted wildlife authorities. It's believed the man caught the geckos, which were a protected species in the wild, with hopes of selling the popular little lizards on the black market. The alleged smuggler had hidden a marble velvet gecko, an eastern spiny-tailed gecko, and a three-spot knob-tailed gecko. A wildlife officer explained that taking an animal out of the wild affects both the local populations from which they're taken, but also can spread disease to other reptile communities. Unlawfully taking wildlife can cost you fines up to $24,000. Maybe this guy was just trying to save on his car insurance. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Oftentimes you you have the question of whether to vaccinate or not to vaccinate. It seems like it's a world of uh, a lot of vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And your vet, of course, will tell you what vaccinations are important for your animal because it may be different where you live. Uh, But there is one thing, one common disease that is still around. You know, I used to think, you, you see, you hear the name rabies and you think, oh, polio, you think eight-track tapes, vinyl records, <laughs> you, you think it's gone. Right. But, it, you know, last year, 7,000 cases of animal rabies were reported in the U.S. Wow. Fortunately, 100% preventable. And uh, that's what we're going to try to do here. We have Dr. Charles Ruprecht. Am I pronouncing your name right? Yes, sir. Uh, Chief Rabies Officer for the Center of Disease Control joining us. How are you doing today, Doctor? Well, thank you. How about yourself? 
Uh, very well, thanks. The rabies really is still a, a very prevalent disease. Yes, sir. We live in a sea of rabies, and those 7,000 or so cases that we have reported to us by the state health departments throughout the country are probably just the tip of the iceberg. Really? So there's probably a, a lot more out there. And I take it rabies, the only way to transmit that is through a bite. Is that correct? Yes, for the most part. We're talking about transmission by the bite route. Almost all cases of rabies are transmitted by a bite. It would be very rare for transmission to occur by a non-bite route, such as a scratch, for example. Now, how does an animal get rabies? Is it something that can develop within an animal, or they have to get it from an outside source? Um, they have to develop it from another animal. All rabies cases in animals are transmitted from another animal. Mm. So it goes animal to animal to animal as we speak. Uh-huh. Does that mean that my cats, who really have no exposure to other animals except uh, the four, which I know are rabies-free, do they need to be vaccinated? Well, that's a very good question. You know, there's always the the misnomer of the housebound cats. That is, until the door opens, or until your doors or window opens, and other things come in. So, even your apartment or house-dwelling cats that seemingly never go outside still have the opportunities either to be escaped, to be let out inadvertently, or, for example, if a bat were to come in, oftentimes rabies may come into your home. Some vets say they should be vaccinated once a year. Some say every three years. What is the difference? That's a very good question. We have many different rabies vaccines that are marketed and licensed in the United States, and also some states have different regulations. There are good quality, safe, and effective three- and four-year rabies vaccines for our pets. But some states do have requirements back in the days when we still had rabies in dogs for annual vaccination. So it really depends upon your locality. Mm. And what, uh, what parts of the country are especially prevalent in? That's a very good question. Rabies is really spread throughout the United States, with the exception of Hawaii. Hawaii is our only rabies-free state. Really? And if, and if we go ahead and look at different areas of the country... The eastern United States is predominantly supported by rabies in raccoons, the upper and lower Midwest in parts of California by rabies in skunks, and in parts of Alaska and in parts of the southwest, such as in Arizona and in Texas, we have rabies in foxes. And then superimposed on all of these rabies circulating in wild carnivores, we have many different rabies viruses in bats. Hmm. Uh, What about our family? I mean, our two-legged family members. Um, The issue about rabies prevention in humans, it's largely a preventable disease based on common sense. That is, if we want to use the adage, love our own, leave other animals alone, we should be paying most attention to our own pets to be avoiding stray or unusual or any strange-acting domestic animals, and certainly we should never be approaching any wild animals. What what about the the, uh, four-legged members? They come home bit not uh, any other outward signs, which I wouldn't know. I mean, uh, I guess Stephen King makes me feel like there's a lot of frothing going on, I guess. Yeah, let's hope that they don't go on out there unbeknownst to us because really, as people view pets as a valued family member, one shouldn't be having unsupervised children running in traffic, for example. And so we really shouldn't be having our pets, our dogs, our cats, etc., running about unsupervised if they do come home for example with a present say a cat with a bat or if you see your dog in the backyard with a a dead raccoon hopefully your animals are vaccinated 
they'll be evaluated um, for any medical problems, any emergencies, for example, if they're bleeding, if they're, they're cut, they have open wounds. The animal hopefully will be tested for rabies, and if it's positive, your pets will be boosted. If your pets aren't vaccinated against rabies, and in fact they are exposed, for example, they're bitten or presumably exposed uh, to a rabid animal, and the recommendations are euthanasia. Yeah, it's usually fatal uh, in that particular case. Okay, I have the cat that goes out in the cattery and brings things in. Uh, various things. It's not that I let them go roaming uh, unattended, uh, like you say. It's that they go out in a cattery and occasionally there's a bird. Uh, they haven't brought any bats in yet. No. Are they exposed to this potentially if they do that? Um, hopefully they, they shouldn't be. And when you're talking about your cattery or whatever exercise area, hopefully there are some easy things that one can do to make it safer, for example, screening porches, for example, or uh, if you're taking your dogs for a walk on a leash. Um, but if, in fact, you find either that they're bringing pets, we're not so much concerned about rodents or other small mammals like shrews. They're not reservoirs. If they do bring you a present, such as a bat, that animal should be tested. And certainly if they come back and they have a bleeding wound, if it looks like they have a lesion of unknown origin, an abscess that could be compatible with a bite wound, they should be evaluated by your veterinarian for potential exposure such as a bite. Okay, so what we're saying all around is, first of all, if you, if you do get a bite here, uh, make sure that you, you have your veterinarian check it out. But the best thing to do really is to vaccinate, and then you kind of hedge your bets there. Exactly. The chances for rabies acquisition in a properly vaccinated animal are small. They're not zero, and that's why whenever your pet is knowingly exposed or potentially exposed, they're boosted against rabies because what we want to do is err on the side of caution. We want to boost the immunity in your pet so that we actually skew the race. It's a race between the virus entering the nervous system and skew the immunity towards prevention of that virus gaining a foothold in the body. You'll learn more at the AVMA website who's uh, hooked up with the CDC to create World Rabies Day, which is uh, coming up September 8th. Uh, you can learn more at avma.org or, uh, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Dr. Charles Ruprecht. Ruprecht. <laughs> Dr. Charles Ruprecht. Uh, Dr. R. Chief rabies answers o- to a lot of things. Uh, Chief rabies officer. Uh, that's what he answers to at the Center for Disease Control. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! Fido-Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido-Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. 
a quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. We're on the road today. We're actually in Las Vegas, Nevada, where our Animal Radio vet resides and, and practices. And to talk with Dr. Debbie White about emergency preparedness and something that's really come to a head with, uh, well, of course, Katrina several years back. There's been lots of legislation that's been passed since, huh? Right. Um, people are becoming increasingly aware of steps that we need to take so that we don't have a disaster like we did with Katrina. Um, there was definitely a lot of trauma, a lot of human and animal suffering that came out of that, and um, legislators have uh, seen that, and they're trying to make steps so that it doesn't happen again. Well, I think the big problem uh, last time with Katrina was a lot of people were instructed to leave their houses without their pets, not knowing how long they would be gone. And I, I, this legislation, uh, I know the legislation that's happening in California, they're talking about being able to take your animal with you in an emergency. I understand here in Nevada there's similar legislation maybe? Yes, absolutely. And, and they've passed a legislation that is requiring uh, lawmakers to basically take into account the needs for our pets and the people who have pets beyond those that are service animals. Because we know that the best person to take care of your animal is yourself. Are there places normally in emergencies, evacuations, you go to Red Cross, you go to high schools, they have places set up. Now, they're going to allow you to bring your pets into these areas? Well, that's the problem we run into. And a lot of the, the disaster shelters, especially the Red Cross, cannot allow animals for safety reasons for the people that might be there. Would they be allergic or should they have an accidental bite? So they're not allowed currently in shelters. And what we're working on, and especially here in Las Vegas, we're working on putting together a comprehensive program where we can have pets nearby the human shelters. That's our lawmakers, working with our lawmakers to change and make things better. How about ourselves? Are, are there kits we should be putting together just in case there's... Uh, some kind of disaster. Yeah, we definitely need to have a pet disaster kit. And what's interesting is a lot of people make the statement that they would never leave their pet behind. And that's a great thing to believe in. But the first thing you need to do from there is to take the step. Make a pet disaster kit. Because if you're not ready within five to ten minutes to take your pet on the road should the call come, then you're wasting very, very valuable time. I'm guessing you have uh, an idea of what we should put in this kit, huh? Yes. For a pet disaster kit, you really ought to have about seven days of your pet's needs. So that would include food, water, um, consumables as, such as kitty litter, but also some basic first aid items as well. So you want to have uh, bandaging material, sanitary supplies like Ziploc bags, um, disinfectant for your hands or for cleaning, and have all of these in a portable tote, um, something you can pick up quickly and not scattered throughout the home that you have to run around. Now, what about medication? I know with human medication, if you renew your prescription every 30 days, they won't let you get it any earlier. Can you stock up on your pet's medication? Well, increasingly, that is a very important point. Um, a lot of the human pharmacies are allowing that now, and it's something that many veterinarians as well, if you speak to them about a disaster stash, if you will, um, increasingly more places will uh, allow that. But definitely you want to have all your pet's medications, copies of medical records, um, a photo of your pet included in your disaster kit. Because if you do have to separate and go to a shelter, you want to make sure that you make it as easy as possible. And that also gets back to things like microchipping, and identification, which is absolutely a must. Um, and sadly, um, uh, only 5% of the American pets are microchipped, and it's one of the most 
um, useful ways, especially in a disaster scenario, to help reunite a pet owner with their pet. I didn't know the uh, the, the numbers were so low. I, I kind of thought everyone I know that yeah. has microchips Be going on. 50% of yeah. people doing microchips. Well, that's good to know. You also need to have um, another plan as well. We always have to have a backup plan. So if you're able to take your pet with you, then you can. If not, you want to have out-of-town contacts, friends, family members out of state where you might be able to transport your pet to to have them temporarily shelter them for you. Likewise, you need to be also familiar with um, out-of-town um, hotels. Make sure you know pet-friendly hotels um, where you might be able to take your pet temporarily should you have to evacuate. So taking five, ten minutes right now to put that t- kit together and get all the meds and the records all together could uh, save save a lot of grief in the future, huh? Absolutely. It's something that um, many families don't have for themselves, but uh, increasingly as we accept our pets as family members, we really need to take these steps for their safety and well-being. Dr. White, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you much. Hi, this is Rue McClanahan on Animal Radio. Stay and neuter your pets. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. This week we kick off the Summer End Giveaway. PetMate has anteed up. They have a dog package and a cat package worth over $450. All you got to do is head on over to AnimalRadio.com and sign up. No, nothing, no hoops to jump through on this one, okay? Last <laughs> no year, questions to answer. Yeah, last year we made you send us cartridges, uh, empty inkjet cartridges. That's optional. This year, we'll still send you a toy, a pet toy or a cat toy for your empty inkjet cartridges, but you can enter the summer giveaway just by uh, pretty much uh, your name and your address and your email. A little personal information at AnimalRadio.com that we won't sell. (laughs) Just want to tell you that right now. Have your dogs ever yawned? Perhaps you thought you were boring them? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) They're doing that now, the studio dogs. The cats, everybody in the studio. Doctor, doctor. Give me the news, I got a bad case loving you. No pills gonna cure my ill, I got a bad case love. Somebody asked me why their dog yawns so much. Well, people usually yawn when they're tired or bored. But among dogs, yawning is often a signal that they're feeling stressed. A good yawn briefly lowers their blood pressure and helps them to stay calm. So next time you see your dog yawn, realize that he might be in a stressful situation and help him out. In the animal world, staring is often a sign of aggression, both a stare from the dog to you and from you to the dog. But a stare isn't always a sign of aggression. Dogs look out the corner of their eyes when they're being coy or asking to play. It's a polite way of expressing interest without being pushy. And how do you know if your dog wants to play? The play bow is one way your dog invites either you or another dog to join in a game. When a dog wants to play, it will lower the front half of its body to the ground, the rear end will be left pointing in the air in what looks like a bow, and the tail will be waving in anticipation. The head may be lowered with the mouth and lips relaxed, and the dog may even pant. Sometimes even high-pitched barks ensue. When the play invitation is answered, the dog will bounce up and the fun begins. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. No pills gonna cure my ill. I got a bad case of love. Produced by Animal Ark No-Kill Animal Shelter. 
We're streaming, blogging, and podcasting at AnimalWiseRadio.com, and we're proud to be part of Animal Radio Network. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. What do 266 chimpanzees and 57 fourth to eighth graders have in common? Each other. This story began 50 years ago when the U.S. Air Force went to Africa to capture chimpanzees to use for testing in its infant space program. But by the mid-1990s, the chimps were considered surplus equipment, and 21 of them ended up in Alamogordo, New Mexico, at the most notorious biomedical research laboratory in the country. These chimps were the survivors and descendants of those animals originally captured in Africa. And in this next phase of their lifelong captivity, they were destined to be the subjects of some pretty horrific testing and research. Until an organization called Save the Chimps stepped in to sue the Air Force on behalf of the chimps and won, gaining custody of them. Thanks to generous grants and donations, Save the Chimps then purchased a permanent island sanctuary in Florida where these chimps would be able to live out their lives in freedom and comfort. But there were more chimps at that lab in Alamogordo, 266 more. And when the lab lost its government funding due to violations of the Animal Welfare Act, Save the Chimps bought all 266 chimpanzees and the lab and set about to change a sterile prison of despair and pain to an environment conducive for reconditioning chimps to be happy, healthy, and socialized enough to move to their island sanctuary in Florida, a trip that cost $2,400 every time a group of chimpanzees are ready to be relocated. And that is why the 57 students of the Rio Gallinas Charter School in Las Vegas, New Mexico, became experts on chimpanzees. Every year, Rio Gallinas selects a project that students will immerse themselves in for eight weeks, a project that is both local and international in scope, and one that allows students to develop skills in different areas that are meaningful to them. When the students made a field trip to the lab at Alamogordo to meet the chimps, they knew they had found their project. Emotionally changed by the experience of seeing the chimps in their cages, horrified at the conditions the chimps had endured for a lifetime, and inspired by the promise of their happy future, the students knew they could put their talents to work to raise money for the chimpanzee relocation trips to Florida. They read, researched, and wrote about the chimps, each student becoming an expert on one aspect of chimpanzees. The students learned how to go out in the community and share the information they had learned about the chimps. They wrote newspaper articles, placed advertisements, spoke on the radio, and called people for donations. They learned that if you are going to speak on behalf of a cause, then there are always going to be people who disagree. So they studied harder to gain the skills and facts necessary to be eloquent advocates on behalf of the chimps. The students made jewelry and cookbooks. They wrote stories and did art projects, all to raise money for the chimpanzee mission. And on a perfect sunny late spring afternoon, their last day of school before summer vacation, the students hosted the Great Chimp Event. Visitors enjoyed the exhibits, the dioramas, the delicious baked goods, the panel discussions, and the students who were eloquent, passionate, and informed about the chimpanzees and their mission. When the Great Chimp event was over, had the students raised the $2,400 necessary for one group of chimpanzees to relocate to Florida? No, they had not. They had raised $4,800, double their goal. 
thanks to Save the Chimps and the students and faculty of Rio Guayanas. Some stories really do have a happy ending. Visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.com to find a link to Save the Chimps. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos. More kids doing great stuff just like Kyle Orenton in his celebrity collar auction, front page of animalradio.com. Get on it, 10 days to bid for for one of those celebrity callers. Of course, there's more Animal Radio 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We are streaming online at animalradio.com. And on your cell phone, text ANIMAL to 27627 to listen to Animal Radio anytime, anywhere, any provider. Uh, Free, except uh, your local texting charges that you have in your plan. Remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And adopt from your local shelter. Don't buy from a breeder. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Have a great week.